on listening to Hero Distortion. Man, I think I've been trying to record... Well, not trying to record, but planning to record this episode for... A couple weeks now. I don't I don't remember when I first kind of set my feet to the ground and said I was going to do this when I was going to do it and uh well here we are finally welcome back zero distortion and uh yeah so a couple of new albums came out on Friday they were uh it's 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 complicated it's not a simple yes or no were were they good yes or no it's not that simple at all (sighs) okay so the easy one uh damnum from allegion it's i might do an episode on it i don't know i've probably got some space so i might i might work it in it's it's weird my thoughts i feel like again i'm gonna talk about it on this episode i haven't even gotten to what it is i've skirted around it you already know you see the title but you know the the process the process anyways it's kind of that thing about death metal becoming a little bit more commercially acceptable, a little bit more commercially viable, a little bit more mainstream. Sometimes as far as sound is concerned and see, I don't know. I probably need to listen to it more before I make a concrete decision, but I'm going to say that one is, it's just weird. It's good, but it's weird. It feels very different and far away from what I expect from a Legion. Speaking of far away, um, out in the nether reaches of outer space is uh, Time Wave Zero. It's... uh, We're going to talk about that next week. I've already got the episode written out. It's something. I'm going to listen to it again. And probably in a few days, go ahead and record that episode early if I can. You know, knock on wood. I don't have any wood. It's all fake. Um, Yeah. I'm going to listen to it again to see if my mind changes but uh yeah it's something else i just anyways so uh what am i talking about today you know here recently i've mentioned there's kind of a trend of death metal kind of leaning more into not just a commercial sound, but somehow they've found the key to creating a more, a somehow more commercially viable sound, 
without really compromising anything, and I don't understand how they're doing it. I mean, the struck, the, the, the I don't, I really don't understand how these bands are doing it. Black Crown Initiate sounded like it, uh, sounded like they were moving in that direction. On uh, what's that album I covered? Violent Porches of Doomed Escape. Uh, Rivers of Nile did it with pretty much both Where Owls Know My Name and The Work. Uh, so many bands, so many bands have started moving in this, I don't know, pseudo direction. Uh, I think I even said it about Shadow of Intent. I mean, it's definitely still deathcore. I don't know. It feels like a lot of death metal and deathcore is starting to be a little bit more like packaged. And I don't know. It's like it's all packaged in a different way now. And it's like you can still find your grimy, disgusting, scary stuff like Blood Incantation's other work. Their actual death metal work is not that at all. But I like this new direction overall. And speaking of which, there's there's one band that comes to my mind before this album. I would not recommend these guys to like to my friends that are just looking for something that's the easy listening of death metal. I would say Persephone's not it. Persephone is I wouldn't say an acquired taste. That's always got a negative connotation to it, but more so just yeah, it's an acquired taste. You got to get used to it because their musicianship is nuts and they play like they play incredibly fast, very wild, winding riffs, very offbeat, hard to keep up with. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. You just have to go listen to some of their stuff. And I'm hoping you have if you haven't. I mean, the last three albums to include the one we're talking about today. I mean, that's stellar stuff. I haven't listened to anything before that. But the last three, like, really outstanding stuff. Some people, I mean, some people have called them the... They said that they were kind of like... They were talking about some other band. I can't remember. It was like In Gravity or something like that. Uh, They said that they were the Haken of progressive death metal. Meanwhile, Persephone being the Dream Theater. You'll pick that up from Persephone's sound. They've got a lot of those like wild, winding kind of keyboard runs that um, I feel Dream Theater kind of uses a lot. I wouldn't say overuses, but they this kind of to me a hallmark of their more they're uh, maybe not more recent. I can't say that because I haven't really listened to anything Dream Theater's made since. Uh, since Portnoy left it's not a choice because Portnoy left it's just I hadn't been interested in them I really wasn't even interested in Black uh, black Clouds and Silver Linings until a few years ago and there was a marginal entrance, interest it was an interest in the Shattered Fortress a reinvigorated interest in the Shattered Fortress and a new interest in A Nightmare to Remember other than that, I was just kind of like, eh, it's just, I just, I'm over them. But 
uh, Persephone. They're a progressive death metal band from Andorra, which is it's a European country. Literally, the only um, the only time I've ever heard of Andorra is when Persephone is being mentioned. I believe it's I believe it's around Greece. Don't worry, I'm being unprofessional and looking it up. Andorra officially the principality of Andorra is a sovereign landlocked microstate of the Iberian Peninsula in the eastern Py- Pyrenees. I think it's Pyrenees. I can't remember. Bordered by France to the north and Spain to the south. I was completely wrong about Greece. It is not anywhere near Greece, except for the fact that both countries, well, both Greece and Andorra, the microstate, are in Europe. So there you go. Um, yeah, it's a fun band. Uh, like I said, they make, I mean, they pretty much run the gamut of progressive death metal. It's refreshing to hear a progressive death metal band that doesn't sound like they're trying to really ape off of old path, if you will. That's what people use to describe bands that sound like Opeth from Watershed and back. Because, you know, that's, that's obviously that's their old sound. They used to, I mean, they wrote the book on the creepy... Um, death metal with acoustics and just the the huge chords, very unsettling atmosphere. Opeth wrote the book on that. Like they they started to write the book with uh, my arms your hers. They really really hit the mark with. Uh, uh, it's it's lost it went away it went away oh my god why does this happen while I'm recording I I feel so silly right now I know this album I know Opeth I know them well I know them very well of course still life I was going to say self portrait but it's a different form of artwork uh, still life is where they kind of like really hit the mark. Like that's when the ball started to really roll as far as their sound. And then Blackwater Park was, you know, where they really perfected it. And then they just kind of ran with it on the albums to come and then deviated. But Persephone doesn't really follow that formula. They have a high level of I would venture to say virtuo, virtuistic, virtuoso style guitar playing, just wild and crazy. It's 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 really it's really something to behold. It can kind of get a little pulverizing after a while. It's like when I listen to Meshuggah or Carbomb, like bands that are really rhythmic or rhythmically complex. I have a lot of trouble listening to them for extended periods of time like the only Meshuggah album that I have been able to finish all the way through in recent memory is Catch 33 because I love Catch 33 um 
I I really like I really like nothing. I've heard Obzin. I just can't listen to them for too long. And Carbomb, I I love their last album. It's just it's just very difficult. And I I might actually be seeing Carbomb next month. Got to see. Um, they're supposed to be coming with Between the Buried and Me. I'm gonna see if I can go. I would love to see Carbomb because I don't know if I'm ever gonna get to see them again. Don't know. Anywho, moving on. So, I was already telling you who Persephone was. They were formed in 2001. They've been around for a long old time that, you know, I didn't realize. Uh, members. Oh, man. Now I'm, I'm looking back at these names. Yeah, this is. This is by. This is by Spain. So we've got Tony Mestre Coy. On bass, Carlos Lozano Quintanilla. Quintanilla. There's no I before the A at the end. Quintanilla on guitar. Miguel Espinoza, keyboards and vocals. Mark Martins Pia, that's a name, on vocals. Sergey Verdeguer. That seems like a French one which they are also bordered by France. So I don't know. Is there, I I didn't research Andorra. Is there, do they kind of like absorb both Spanish and French culture? That'd be interesting. That's very interesting thought. Anyways, that, uh, Sergi Verdeguar. I don't know how to pronounce that on drums and Felipe Baldaya on guitar. Those last two, uh, Sergey and Felipe, they have actually joined in the last decade. Everybody else has been in the band since the early 2000s, consistently. Well, no. Well, yeah, actually, no. Yeah. Carlos Espinosa was on vocals from 2001 to 2004. But he's been on guitar the entire time. That's what threw me off. Okay. I definitely go over my notes before I press the record button. Anyways. So, um, what have I thought about these guys in the past? I first listened to their last album, Atma, a couple years ago. Like, maybe the year after it came out. So, probably like 2017. And I was blown away by how they play it it was really it was really cool because i was expecting another opeth like band but no they they go a completely different route and um there's a lot of spiritual things going on in their uh there's a lot of spiritual things going on in their music it it's it's an out-of-body experience their music is really their music's really good Sometimes, like I said, it could be a little bit pulverizing and that I can't listen to a whole album at a time sometimes. But this one I listened to quite a few times. Um, at first, I was kind of like, this one's definitely great, but not as great as like Atma or Spiritual Migration. Uh, but as I've listened to it a few times now, definitely still not as great as the previous works. Uh, but... 
they seem to have evolved. They seem to have evolved again and grown in a new way. So, without further ado, let's let's dive in. First off, we got Metanoia. It's a it's an intro track. It introduces a vocal kind of a vocal theme that is going to come back very soon. And it features the vocal stylings of Inar Solberg. Oh, it's so nice to hear his voice again. Jeez. This man is a treasure. He should be a national treasure for for his country. For all of Europe. Like, I I I love his voice. Love his singing. Um it's great to be able to talk about him again. He's just as good as ever. His voice is just when it's soft, even when it's soft, his voice is powerful and commanding. It just you have to listen to this man when he sings. His voice can be gentle and fragile, but it can also just belt out and just grab you by just grab you by your collar and shake you, break your neck. It's he's he's a force of nature vocally i mean i just i couldn't say enough good things about uh in our solberg he i didn't think i was gonna like leprous he's the main reason i kept listening to them in my baptism if you will of of listening to leprous and I'm glad he is the vocalist because anybody else just would not work. But yeah, this doesn't even sound like Persephone yet. Sounds like an old leprous song. Then it gets to the end and kind of there's a little bit of a drop. Then some staticky stuff. And then all of a sudden you just kick straight into Catabasis. Straight into the next song. The second single they released. And it's just... This is this is straight fire out of the gate. You will come to expect this level of crazy playing and just shifting and twisting all the time with these guys. I mean, it, it it's it's just it's just wild. It comes in and the first thing you hear is just it's just it's insane. And then <laughs> What I say about them being offbeat, you try to follow kind of the rhythm that com- that's in the part that comes after the very f- the very first little run, and you'll find yourself stopping to be like, "Wait, that's not right." I wait, hold up, what, what? I I can't keep up. I can't keep up. It's that's natural. That's what Persephone does, but. You'll come to find this is probably like the most haphazard, crazy track on the album. And I may be upselling on the craziness of their playing a little bit. It's not it's not that they're like super offbeat and weird and just just really play with the time signatures. They play with time signatures a good bit. It's more so just how much they use that style. I mean, from what I remember of listening to Athma, it's been a little while now. Um, 
it's pretty vigorous. Like it's pretty relentless. <laughs> this album, this album relents a bit. We'll get to it, but um, the first vocal theme it's the same as the one from the intro. It continues on mostly instrumental with some growls and something of a verse. Um, I really enjoy what's this fella's name. I should really say vocalist names at least. Mark. Um, I really enjoy his vocals. He he does have a traditional like death metal growl, but he's he's also got he's also got great uh, uh, great mids and then um, really good highs. He's he's an all around he's an all around great vocalist. Um, I think I think I actually like uh, I think I actually like the vocalist from Wilderun better at this point. Like musically, I th- I think I might just like Wilderun more now. And that's because I spent time listening to Veil of Imagination and then Epigony came out and it was like, okay, this is, or, oh my God, <laughs> Epigon, excuse me. Um, yeah, I just, uh, anyways, moving along, great vocalist. Um, I've got a typo here. I can't say that because that's probably going to be taken wrong and seen as insensitive. I'm glad I read through that before I started reading. Uh, there's one more kind of like coursey part near the end, uh, followed by a variation of the clean part from the beginning. There's not particularly a like a real solid structure to pick up on here. It's mostly just outright madness. It's like they put out Merkaba and it was like, okay, I don't know if it's Merkaba. It's, it might be Merkaba. I don't know. Because, you know, Kabbalah. Yeah, I think it's Merkaba. I'm going to have to change my brain to say that because is it Kabbalah or Kabbalah? Kabbalah, Merkaba. Or Kabbalah, Merkaba. I figure those are similar concepts or from the same language, at least, maybe. I don't know enough in this uh, field of stuff. <sighs> okay, I, I, I'm just going to I'm just going to lay in the bed I've made. I'm going to keep calling it Merkaba because I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know. Anyways, um, it's like they put out Merkaba and it was just. It's kind of got, you know, a ver- almost a verse chorus, verse chorus. It's got a hook. It's catchy, like super duper catchy. It's a single. People can kind of latch on to it. You can let your friends listen to it. And then you let them listen to Catabasis. And it's like, this is a little nuts. <laughs> it's it's out there, man. It's out there. But rest, assured, rest easy, this is kind of as crazy as they get. They kind of get it out of their systems early on. And then they take it down a bit. It's it's interesting. Um, yeah, this is, this is the showcase of how relentless they can be. It 
makes for a, a great somewhat instrumental intro like since there's a little bit of vocals it's not much but it, it can't be an instrumental it's not um then you get architecture of the eye single number three again i mean this this isn't that bad this isn't that bad they released three singles none of them are parts of other big parts they left all the ending stuff alone so what is there to be mad about nothing uh this one starts off pretty slow somewhat electronic it's not what i was expecting it's kind kind of cynic like i don't know why but it it evokes cynic in my brain at least kind of like the cynic that we got last year with uh ascension codes then it gets into some pretty fantastical riffing followed by some different some dissonant bits if i could speak it's not even late it's only like 11 come on which means i could still get this out today which is monday anyways it takes a bit for vocals to come in and when they do the music's pretty off kilter like they 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 like they like to they like to really throw you curveballs with the time signatures. They play a lot of tricks on you. I enjoy it, but the way they play it, it's kind of like, oh my god. Like, you get kind of a vertigo feel. <laughs> but once the song kicks into gear properly, it's pretty grounded. And there's a pretty juicy solo about halfway, followed by some nice clean parts. It feels like there's maybe a little more clean on this album especially so far maybe overall i guess you could say is this is the most down to earth song so far it's only the third song in but this is this is kind of the standard this one kind of sets the bar as to how crazy they are going to be for the majority of the album catabasis is not a bar because catabasis is nuts And this basically means that it's a bit easier for the ear to latch on to at points. It's a little bit easier to follow. Which is good. Um, whereas a lot of other parts are more are much more technical and mad. There are some other songs later on that are similar as we go forward. A lot of the a lot of these songs, a lot of these pieces are a little bit calmer than what I expected coming into this um it's refreshing it's refreshing so leap of faith this is this is an actual instrumental <laughs> it starts with what sounds like rainfall or at least water dropping i'm guessing it's rainfall i think it's meant to be rainfall uh there's a piano slowly growing louder and louder persephone like their breather tracks they really they really do. Like, let's 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 take a look here. Playlists. That's not what I want. Give me what I want. Where's the album? I don't need the album. I need the band. I'm talking about the album now. I mean, <sighs> Atma literally starts with two in a row. It starts with two in a row. You get an infinitesimal spark with uh, Paul Masvidal from what's that band? I just 
compared one of their songs, Cynic, with him doing his weird vocoder alien voice. And it's really light with piano. Then you've got one of many that pops up and it's a little bit heavier. So three minutes into the album and you haven't even gotten to a real song, like over three minutes in, then you get to prison skin and like two minutes into that, after some playing, some noodling around, you finally get to some vocals and it's like, it's been almost six or it's almost been like six minutes in and we haven't heard anything yet. (laughs) It's crazy. And then spiritual migration has a few. Yeah, it's they they like their breather tracks, which is good because especially when you make longer compositions. And especially when you play the way that these guys play, which is a lot more technical. A lot more technical heavy. Um, It's good to kind of have those moments of just sit back and chill. It's like when um it's like when you're listening to the Parallax 2 by Between the Buried and Me. It's nice to have Autumn and the Black Box and Parallax. Uh, it's nice to have those songs to break up these huge compositions and stretched just looming monsters. I mean, I I'm a I'm a man who likes my interludes. Sometimes they can get gratuitous like the last Tool album, the interludes were a little off. Um, there weren't so many in 10,000 Days, which was fine. They had some weird stuff. Then Lateralis. Lateralis and Anima, Anima, they are like legendary interludes. Like, I don't skip them. I don't even skip Cesaro's Some Ability, the one with the crying baby, and that one, like, grates on my mind, still. Anyways, yes, breather tracks. It's good to have interludes, because, I mean, they usually sit between, like, 30 or so odd minutes of madness, especially for these guys. Uh, the song picks up a bit, gets something of an epic kind of boisterous edge to it and eventually goes into a little a little bit of a heavier bit near the end nothing super crazy not quite as serene as sazen or meta meditation from spiritual migration but you know it's nice so then we've got aware of being watched some very pleasant female vocals and heavy guitar to get this one started Something weird about, like, differentiating. I mean, I guess it makes sense because most of the vocals, I mean, 98% of the vocals are male. So, the little bit that is different would be, you know, it's, it's fine to say it's female. And this one is actually far less technical and a lot more leaning towards straightforward progressive death metal. Like... It's a lot more down to earth, even more than the previous full song. And again, musically, this one almost makes me think of a heavier version of, you know, the cynic of Ascension Codes, the cynic that we have now that that I don't know that we may never have again. Um, Who knows? Uh, Closer to the end of the song, they start to pick up the pace and start to get wild. (laughs) 
somebody on Reddit once once called them the Dream Theater of progressive metal, and this this is where I'm like, I can't, I can't say that it's wrong. I can't say it's wrong. They don't quite get into as much keyboard wankery as as Dream Theater, but it's there, and the sound checks out. And when I say wankery, I'm not trying to dog on it at all. I'm just saying, like, that's what it is to me when they're just, like, slamming the keys and just going... That's that's what it is to me. Now, this is a really fun song. This is one of my more favorite songs on the album. Um, the one thing I'll say say it sets a tone with the beginning part it has this just epic feel like it's it's got it like the song comes in full-throated with its chest poked out and shoulders tight like it's just standing seven feet tall but the rest of the song doesn't really feel like that until the end when it repeats that beginning part like right at the end it it's not a bad thing it's a great song like I said, it's one of my favorites off the album. But, man, it just doesn't... The rest of the, it, the, the song doesn't live up to the sound that it immediately puts off. Which is a nitpick from me. So, don't pay attention to that. Pay no mind to the man behind the curtain. Just... 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 Forget about it. It's It's a me thing. Now we come to Merkaba. Single number one. What more needs to be said about this song? I mean, this may be the best Persephone song. I definitely would say it's my favorite. I'm not their biggest fan, but this song like reached out to me. No other song they've done has reached out to me like this one. I mean... They've got some awesome songs in their catalog. I also really like Prison Skin. But this one, this one, this one hits on a totally new level. I feel like this song is a perfect primer to those who aren't exactly privy to the kind of metal these guys create. It's nice, clean vocals followed by heavy, like, hard to keep up with guitar like they are they're playing with time signatures a little bit not so much and then there's a good verse with some growls um followed by a really crazy section that is completely diff just hard to keep up with again even harder than the last part and then you get back around to the chorus now Particularly on this song, it seems like they've really found a way to focus their energy and refine it. Like, there are bursts of that wild, imaginative riffing throughout. But it's used... The way I think about it is it's used more like an augmentation than an outright ability that they have. Like... And God, do they come back big and strong with the final chorus... Like, there's a really nice bridge solo part, and then they come right back with the clean clean vocals in the chorus, and then blast beats, and it just, it, it literally feels like I'm floating, and I'm just thinking about listening to that part of the song. I'm going to listen to Merkaba after I 
finish this. It's so good. You uh, take a guess what my favorite song on the album is already. Um, but back to what I was saying. When I say it's used more like an augmentation than an outright ability, uh, I'm gonna go into that for a second. Also, I think I I think I use a different metaphor for this later on. There's another metaphor I use for this uh, that's coming up. So when I say augmentation rather than an ability, I mean like it's it's something that you have that you can use. It's a part of your arsenal. It's like um I don't know, look at a I'm trying to think. You guys like Dragon Ball Z, right? I hope I hope that you only like it marginally enough that you can't completely lambaste me for getting things wrong cuz I don't remember Dragon Ball that well but just think of think of um think of goku what was it that he had what was it that he got before he started going super saiyan it was kaioken right so think about think about the way they were using these the way they were playing before on their other albums just non-stop craziness it's like they figured out kaioken and it's it, I can't say that it's like the last thing, but it's like, it's your big move. But as time goes on, I mean, as time went on, he, I think, stopped using it. He may have started using it again. I can't remember. I don't know. Anyways, he moved away from using Kaioken, but the point is... Mm, that's not a good one because I, I I don't have enough insight. Let's look at uh, let's look at One Piece. So, Monkey D. Luffy, he's got um, his gears that he goes through. Gear one is or gear two, uh, uh gear gear second is when he can uh, it's when he makes his blood pump faster through his veins because he's made out of rubber and it gives him like like drastically increased speed and i mean it gives he has a lot of extra abilities that he gets during this time he's got gear third where he inflates his uh not his muscles that's gear fourth he inflates his uh he inflates his bones and makes his limbs huge and uses them to attack and then there's gear fourth where he inflates his muscles um so when he first used when he first exhibited gear second and gear third, those were like like end of the battle, big bad of the story arc. I've got to use this. I've got I've got to pull this out. It's it's that. But they were really taxing on him. So then of course, as most manga and anime series go it's a two-year time skip and after that he can just kind of pop out he can just pop into gear second use a move pop into gear third and use a move and then pop back out it's no longer a thing it's it's a tool it's no longer like it's no longer like a breakneck ability it's no longer an ability that 
he has to like really work up to. It's now something that is just another tool. He can do this and then he can do that and then he can do that. So that's kind of what I mean. Being able to switch between things, kind of switch gears. Pun intended. I didn't mean to do that, but I'm going to say that I did, even though I didn't. Um, also, yes, I am highly thinking about starting that other series to get some of that manga energy out because there's some other stuff I want to talk about. I'm getting there. I need a name for this show before I do anything because if I have a name, then I have something to create emails with and a Twitter and another anchor account and make it all happen. But first, that's what I need. So when I get there, I'll be sure to let you know. Anyways, moving along we're not talking about anime we're not talking about manga we're talking about music moving along consciousness part three this is weird this is weird consciousness part one and two are on spiritual migration from 2013 so this is the conclusion i'm guessing it's the conclusion because, I mean, I just can't imagine they're going to do more of this. They may. I don't know. Who knows? Next album, they could do Athma Part 5. Anyways, I'm just going to say the conclusion to a two-part suite from two albums in nearly ten years ago. Sign me up. Uh, it's pretty low-key to begin with. Slowly building with clean guitar, and then a super theatrical and heavy point comes at about two and a half minutes in it's like if you remember back to that uh others by no one album book two we listened to at the end of last year think back to that and think back to uh the first little bit of the author suite it's that there's one song in the author suite that's just theatrical in nature this is this is that moment and even after this, it continues to build up and gets more grandiose and epic. There's even strings mixed in there for dramatic effect. Things don't properly get going until right under five minutes in. It's almost like there's This Is Consciousness Part 3 and 4. Also, no subtitle on this. There's a subtitle for Consciousness, uh, consciousness 1 and 2. They are called... Uh, part one is sitting in silence and part two is a path to enlightenment. They are both instrumental. So there's lots of orchestral bits kind of sprinkled throughout, especially piano and strings. Still the over the top technicality seems to be completely downplayed. And this is for the most part, just a bit of fun kind of symphonic progressive death or progressive metal. It's not really death metal. The music doesn't sound death metal here. There are it's not here. It slows down quite a bit around three quarters of the way through, making for a nice shift in the feel of everything. Um now 
before I wrote these notes, I meant to listen to all the consciousnesses together, see how it flows as a piece. And I did right after writing this. Honestly, it doesn't really flow super well together. It's just part one and two were meant to go together. So really they do. Um, they flow right into each other. Part two ends like it's the end of everything. And then part three kind of comes in out of nowhere. So it's not all there. I don't, I'm not sure why they decided to do a consciousness part three. I don't know. But I didn't really pick up any like motifs or real themes. Honestly, I'd have to listen more. Um, more than just once to that combo. But I do have the playlist, so I can do it at some point. And now we reach the uh, climax of the album. Anabasis. It's three-parter. It's... We'll talk about it. Part one, it's another instrumental with yet more rainfall. Then a piano joins as other orchestral instruments slowly build up. Eventually a slightly distorted guitar joins. And close to the end there's some faint vocals. Before the tone gets very, very ominous right at the end. Like you just get a sting and it's like, whoa. It's just, it's very scary. (laughs) Very ominous. Part two. Starts off immediately heavy. Also flexing the keyboards early on in this one. Now, I don't want to say that this is a typical formula, but I've seen it before and we will continue to see it throughout music for all time, I'm sure. It's a pretty basic three-part song consisting of what I'm calling here intro, escalation, and resolution. It's It's a section to introduce themes and build and create tension. A longer, usually the longest part in the middle that escalates, continues ramping up to a climax, and finally a part to resolve and finish things out. It's simple. Um, I'm pretty sure that same vocal part from the end of part one returns about three minutes in. If it's not the same, it's pretty similar. And honestly... I usually enjoy Sweets far more than I enjoyed this one. It's definitely solid, but it doesn't hit quite like some of the others from recent or even further back memory. The solo bits are really good due to uh, this song featuring Angel Vivaldi and uh, Stefan Kummer from Obscura. But overall, this one hasn't hit me quite as hard as I was hoping. I thought it was going to be like this huge one-two punch having Consciousness Part 3 and then the three-part Catabasis. Consciousness Part 3 is pretty good. Anabasis was... I don't know. It's It's not bad at all. It's solid. It just doesn't... It doesn't do how I wanted it to do. I don't feel how I want to f- wanted to feel when listening to this. And it's 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 on me. It's on me. It's not I, like again, it's not that it's bad. I'm such a bad critic. I can't say things are bad. <laughs> I think the whole time I've done the show 
what it was like that one song on Leprous's on Aphelion that I was like, nope, don't like it. Don't like it. <laughs> well, just wait for the like probably coming week or couple weeks because I may do Damnum. Like I said, I'm not sure, but I'm definitely going to talk time wave zero and we can talk about some stuff then um finally we've got part three of anabasis still sticking with the typical three-part formula i mentioned this one starts off slowly right where part three right right where part two ended and builds it up from there but it remains pretty slow and mournful throughout i think the repeated vocal theme is the same as or similar to the part one from part one I mean, this one is kind of, it's kind of just an outro. It kind of is supposed to just like take you out real nice and real nice and sweet. I mean, it's sad. It's a very sad sounding song. Like I said, very mournful, but that's the end. That's it. I mean, overall, this is definitely a great album. A little bit of a flat finish for me, but overall, definite recommendation even from my position of only really listening to this band for a short time and not that much i find this to be a band evolving moving from a place of near constant breakneck technicality to learning how to use that as just one tool in an arsenal of many more which is the other metaphor i was speaking of i mean it's just I'm trying to think of a better metaphor or a better example that doesn't deal with anime. Because when I say ability, I think of an anime. Um, what I'm thinking of is like their their time, like they well. Ugh. Instead of it being like a trademark, their like crazy level of musician, their crazy level of musicianship. Now it's like they've got little pieces that they use from time to time. You've got your time signature play, your technicality. Um, you've got all these little pieces and they use them more sparingly. And in between that, they just play music. And see, I might be totally off base here since I'm not a huge Persephone fan. This is just my perspective on it. I I enjoy this album. I enjoy this album. Uh, still don't think I enjoy it as much as their last album. But it's still great. Still great. I still say check it out for sure. Uh, rankings wise... Leap of Faith is at the bottom for obvious reasons. It's an instrumental. Metanoia is right above it because it's an intro. Sorry, Inar. I can't put you any further up. Architecture of the Eye. It's a good song. It's just not for me so much as the other stuff. I do, I do like it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trashing it at all. Anabasis. Like, it's really good overall. I'm not putting it at the bottom, but it just doesn't do what I, I don't know. It, I don't feel, it doesn't make me feel how I expected it to make me feel. 
Consciousness Part 3. It's pretty good. Really good. Um, it's weird that they decided to go back to consciousness here. Honestly. I don't know. There's probably some kind of reason. Aware of Being Watched is really good. Really like that song. Uh, Catabasis is... Uh, man, I really like it. I think I like the crazy, weird, hard-to-listen-to part of these guys more than I like the other part. I like that they're more focused now. It's just, I don't know. I think I like the older style better. And there's Merkaba. Merkaba. I mean, it's just, it's probably my favorite song from them of all time, ever. I don't think they'll ever make anything that I'll find better. And that's, that's... That's metanoia. Well, guys, um, see, uh, I mean, time wave zeros coming up next week. Uh, after that, it's, I don't know. I might do in the court of the dragon king, uh, dragon. I want to do it because I find myself really enjoying it. I also might want to do Damn Them. I'm going to listen to it again. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything else. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to just try and keep my ears to the ground, see what else comes out, and uh, we'll plan accordingly. But, you know, if you like what I do on Zero Distortion, you can... what i completely lost it you can pledge to my patreon patreon.com slash x3r0 distortion you can buy me a coffee buymeacoffee.com slash zero distortion spelled the regular way with letters and you can follow me on twitter instagram and tiktok for you know whatever at x3r0 distortion next week we're going to uh we're gonna look at something weird time wave zero the ambient album from a death metal band so stay tuned see you next week